Please turn in the Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are going to continue where we left off, from where we left off in verse 28. Remember again, the Apostle John um, is writing here, and we actually read two verses, verses 28 and 29, where he says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. There are two different thoughts there, even though they join together. And even though the Apostle John is letting us know <coughs> that we are born of him, therefore we should not be ashamed that he's coming. Do you understand? That we'll be in a place where, that's why he goes on to say, Behold what manner of love that we should be called the children of God. He's tying that to the fact that we won't be ashamed that he's coming. Do you understand? So we're looking at this uh, first um, section here in verse 28. Where he said again, and now little children. Remember again, the Greek word for little children refers to the entire congregation. And he says there, abide in him. Now it echoes, and in fact reinforces what the psalmist said in Psalm 91 and verse 1. Where he said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, sh- under the shadow of the Almighty. Interesting, isn't it? He who abides in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide. That's what we need to do. We must abide. Amen? And notice what, where we abide in. The shadow of the Almighty. See, our abiding in Him, it guarantees our protection. Amen? You abide in Him, there is divine protection. That's the reason why you know, a lot of people say, well, do I have to pray? Not in a religious sense, <laughs> okay? But yes, you do. You need to pray because you need to abide in Him. You need to keep that connection going. It is what, it, it is what warns you. It's what protects you. It's what gives you life. And we're going to see that in just a minute. It, it is the source of everything that you need. When we don't abide, we cut off. We'll see that very clearly today, Okay? I want to get there today very quickly. All right, <laughs> so I don't want to spend a lot of time here. Remember again that the appearance that he's talking about here is when the Lord comes for his church. This is not when he comes back to judge the world. This is for his church, okay? And what, what we call the rapture of the church. And then the subsequent judgment that comes in. The word judgment there in the Greek isn't judgment. It actually rewards it. You know, when athletes come either first, second, or third place, they don't go to a judgment seat, do they? This is actually taken from those kind of games where, you know, whoever came first, second, and third, or whatever, would go up and be uh, whatever it is that you get for getting, you coming in first, second, and third. So, you know, there was a very bad translation when they said judgment seat. I guess they wanted to let us know that we're all going to be uh, judged, so to speak, for how well we did. But we, there's a negative connotation on that. When we see it, we think how badly we did. You know, because everybody thinks about going to the principal's office. You know, you're being judged. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> and those are never good experiences, generally. So, <laughs> um, so <clears throat> one of the things that we, we started looking at last week is that the reason that we are said to abide in Him is because as we abide in Him, several things begin to happen. And what we said last week, and I think I left off here in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, 
the first thing is that we will become perfected in love. The Apostle John says that, and we're going to look at these verses in great detail when we get to chapter 4. But he says there, and we know and have believed the love, of, the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Notice, because as he is, so are we in this world. So he's saying, listen. Again, I don't want to preach too much on this because this is t- you know, we will look at this in more detail later. But I want you to notice that one of the things that allows us to have boldness in that last day is love. If we walk in love, we won't have anything to be ashamed of. Can I get an amen on that? It's, it's, it's only when we walk outside of love that we kind of cower our head and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that, and so on and so forth. Are you, are you all with me? And where the accuser of the brethren gets involved. Because whatever he led you into, he will remind you of for the rest of your life. That's why First John 1 is so important uh, and so powerful. It wipes all those things clean. So, you know, it, it only takes a moment in time for everything to get wiped out. You can have years and years and years of, of uh, accumulated sin regarding lovelessness or hate or anger or whatever, okay? I, I don't know what to call it. Strife, bitterness, so we can keep going. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. <laughs> you can have all of that and in an instant of time it can be all wiped out. Amen. And you can have your new beginning. Praise God. That is the miracle of this. That's the miracle of what Jesus did. You know, we, we always, you know, we think about Jesus dying for our sins. And we think, when we think about sins, you know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, like drinking and smoking and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Okay, murdering people. But the thing is, it's for all those attitudes, for all the things that are holding you down. He died for all of that. So nothing can hold you down. Are you all here? Amen? What he wants you to do is be restored back to the place where God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion and not lose it. (laughs) Okay? Amen? And that's why Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Whatever you lose, like somebody once said, if binding doesn't do it, loose it. Yeah, okay, you know, coming or going, man, one way or the other, it'll work for you. Just make it work. But you're not going to do any of those things if you're carrying around guilt and you're carrying around things that are holding you down. That, you know, the devil is saying, well, what makes you think that you can say anything and anything is going to work? Are you all here? Amen. Okay. And we don't want that. And one of the most powerful things you can do is walk in love. Now, Let me take you to John chapter 15. This is in the Gospel of John now. We see a connection here between abiding and love that is brought out in these verses. There is a a lot in these verses. I will try to stick to the topic, but I don't make any guarantees. All right. (laughs) No, okay. As the Lord leads, amen. John chapter 15, I want to start reading in verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. 
because you are already clean because of this word I have spoken to you. Amen. (laughs) Verse 4. Here we go. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Notice all the abides in there. Okay? He begins by saying, Abide in me. You think this is where the Apostle John got this? Remember, 1 John is written by the same person that the Gospel of John is written by. Amen? Now notice, I'm sure he heard this. Jesus said, abide in me. That's why John says, you will abide in him. There's no question. You get the impossible done with that that kind of thinking. there, There is no room for failure. Amen? And we can't have any room for not abiding. We need to abide. Like I said, we don't do it in a religious sense. Abiding isn't you closing the door and you praying for hours and hours and hours. No, that's you praying. Okay? Abiding is you're always conscious of God. Conscious of His presence and also conscious of His being in you. Remember, you don't have to, con- you know, you don't have to contact Him. This is no long distance phone calls. He's, he's in you. Amen? So all you have to do is just be aware that, of the presence of God in you. Amen. And that God himself is in you. That's why you are called the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are a walking temple. Are you all getting this? Amen. That's who you are. You carry his presence wherever you go. So again, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. I, don't want you, I love that he says, and I in you. Isn't that beautiful? He says, not only do you abide in me, but I abide in you as well. All right? And he says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Now, he started making an analogy here, and he's saying, listen, the only way that you can bear fruit is if you stay connected to me. He says, unless it abides in the vine. So he's saying, just the way a branch that is connected to the vine bears fruit, you need to be connected to me in order to bear fruit. Are you getting this? Which tells us something. If you're trying to bear fruit, disconnected from the vine, it ain't going to work. Amen. Do you understand bearing fruit? Do you understand that the things in your life that you produce, that blesses, that's fruit? Are you all with me? Okay. And you can't do stuff like that unless you're connected to Him. Oh, I want to do it on my own. Well, the branch won't last very long. You cut a branch off. It might, you know, work a little bit, but that's it. It needs, see, to bear fruit, you need to draw strength. To walk in love, you need to draw strength. How many know that sometimes love is a war? (laughs) Okay, you know, because some people make it so difficult to love them. I mean, they go out of their way to make it hard. It's almost like their thing in life. To upset everybody around them the best and the quickest that they can. Hello. Amen. You know, you want to just do something unholy and repent later. God will understand. No, (laughs) No, okay. No. (laughs) Yeah, God will understand. But you're messing up all your blessings. Amen. See, you're the one that loses at the end of the day. So, (laughs) the love part's coming. So he says again, 
Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. He said you can't, okay? Unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. Think he's trying to make a point here? He said, I am the vine. Are you getting this? I'm it. Listen, look, here. Mm-hmm. I'm the vine. You are the branch. Okay? <laughs> you can't do anything. You know, if you get cut off, it's just coming up. Let's move on. He's, okay. He who abides in me and I in, I in him bears much fruit. So he's telling us now that, listen, you won't just bear some fruit. You bear a bunch of fruit. So if you're not bearing a bunch of fruit, go check the connection. Amen. Because somewhere you're not connected. Somewhere you're not receiving the strength and whatever it is you need to bear fruit. We need a lot of things to bear fruit, family. Amen. We need our peace. We need our joy. We need a whole bunch. Sometimes we need money. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm trying to say? Whatever it is that you need, you need to go to Him. We don't go to our bank accounts. We go to Him. And we see, my God shall supply all of your need. My God, your need. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Not you, God, and your need. Okay? It's my God, your need. Okay? In other words, Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I know you might have an idea about God, but listen to me. The God that I worship, the God that I know, will supply your need. Because people have crazy ideas about God. And some days you need to say, my God will supply your need. Yeah, but I don't think God. No, no, no. I said, my God will supply your need. Did you get the revelation? So you need to check with me before you decide what God will, will do and won't do. Because your picture of him is messed up. <laughs> Come check with me first. Amen. Hallelujah. Some days you need to be that light for people. Hallelujah. Okay. And notice again, he says, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I need to qualify that or clarify that a little bit, in that you know, people have preached this and said, nobody can do nothing without God. No, people are doing plenty without God. This, this isn't talking about that stuff. This isn't talking about accomplishments. This is talking about you doing something that lasts forever. This is doing, you doing something that actually matters. This is you doing something that will be remembered forever. All your other stuff down here, boy, you might be a CEO of a company, but when it's all you know, said and done, you're gone. We forget you. Are you kidding? We don't, I mean, we have trouble remembering important people, let alone you. You're not that important. <laughs> Seriously, man. You know, <laughs> who can tell me the CEO of a company about 60 years ago? Come on, anybody? You know? No? I, I don't know either. Are you with me? See, that's what this, this isn't talking about that stuff. This is talking about things that you do in God that blesses people that you are remembered for. Because heaven keeps a record. Heaven keeps a record. You want their records. To reflect what you are doing. Amen. Doesn't matter what happens down here. That's why the apostles, when they're beaten, you know, <laughs> they were saying, Don't say this. They smiled, they waved, they went back and kept doing what they were doing. After they were beaten and told not to do that. Mm. It's interesting. They didn't stand there and mouth off. They just went on and kept doing what they were doing. Are you all here? You know, that's I was that's another whole sermon. Anyway, let's <laughs> listen. We need to understand that we are here to please God, not man. 
Now, sometimes pleasing God means looking after people and pleasing people. But only under God. Do you understand? If that goes the other way around, you're in trouble. Did you get, the, you all get the difference? You, you know, okay? We're not here to upset people. You know, some people please, say, we want to please God, and they upset everybody. Well, I don't know how pleased God is you doing that. The only people you should be upsetting are people that are against God and against doing the right thing, and you are standing up for something, not against them, but against what they're doing. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Y'all get this? Okay, all right, amen. All right, so we need to, again, he says, for with me you can do nothing, and can I add, nothing lasting. Amen. Moving on, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Quick, get back into abiding. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I want you to notice what happens to branches that are not connected. They wither. Now, the miracle is that you can reconnect and bear fruit. There's a lot of withered branches out there, call backsliders, okay, (laughs) that recommitted to God and got reconnected. And the branch started to grow again, and it started to produce fruit, and everybody was happy. And they lived happily ever after, whatever. Okay, okay? You know what I'm trying to say? You know, that's the miracle that waits us. That's the miracle of 1 John 1, 9. It's for all them withered branches. If you acknowledge your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and of cleanse you of all unrighteousness, which means branches back on. Amen? Okay. So... He says here, um, again, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire. And these are the branches, the unrepentant branches. These are the ones, you see, he is talking about the, he's making reference to the Pharisees right now and the Sadducees, the ones that are not bearing fruit, the ones that have a form of religiousness but won't accept him. Amen? We, we can't, can I pers- put this in perspective a little bit? Okay. Others, everybody starts thinking, is it me? It's not you. Is your name Pharisee? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> no. Right? No. These are people that act holy, but they're not. They look, you know, they, they dress right. Hello? Okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean a thing to God. You know what I'm trying to say? It, to people, oh yeah, they're white. They've got to be holy. Are you kidding? God looks in the heart. Jesus says, yes, you're very white, just like tombstones. That's, right. <laughs> That's how, <laughs> full of dead men's bones, you know, I mean? All right. And we need to understand that it's not about the outward appearance, it's what's happening in your heart. Can I get amen? Amen, all right, okay. All right. So those are the people that get cast out. Those are the people that are going to be burned. Those are the people that Jesus said that they are going to, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth as they see, you know, in heaven, all of us sitting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they have, they, they have been cast out into outer darkness. Amen? And, and it's not going to be good for them. So, verse 7. He says, if you abide in me, I love this, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Did you get that? He said, if you abide in me, so I want you to get a picture now. We abide in Christ. And His words abide in us. Okay? We need to have something abiding in us. Not only Him. Remember, He said, I will, and I in you before. But now He's saying, my word needs to be there. 
Amen. And he says, I love this. He says, if I, uh, excuse me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire or ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Wow. This is where this verse comes in. This isn't for those people that are out there not abiding, cut off branches, saying we're praying and nothing's happening. Well, check your life, (laughs) check to see if you're connected. You might not be connected. But I do everything right. You still might not be connected. But I haven't, you know, cursed anybody out today. You still might not be connected. It's called self-righteousness. Filthy rags. Check around, see if there's any rags around. Amen. (laughs) Okay? Listen, man, we go in with His righteousness. Amen? That's what, you know, that is what's so freeing as well. We don't have to try to be good. If ever we miss and mess up, we just go to God, ask for forgiveness, acknowledge our sin. He restores us, and we're back there. So we go in the grace road, not the this is what I deserve road. If you're on the this is what I deserve, get off of it. Quickly find an exit. Amen. You don't want to be there because what you deserve, baby, you don't want. <laughs> okay? The devil will let you have what you deserve. But all, God always treats us by grace. Amen? That's why we need faith to receive it. All right. <clears throat> Verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Notice when you bear fruit, God is glorified. When you don't bear fruit, God ain't happy. Well, I'm just suffering for Jesus. Nobody's happy now. (laughs) You're not happy. Everybody around is not happy because you're complaining. And God's not happy. Because no glory is going to Him. In fact, you're blaming Him probably for most of the things in your life. That He told you not to do. Naughty. All right. (laughs) That is amazing how people do that. You know, the number of times people think they're humble... When they say, oh, God is testing and trying me. Can I just say this? You are giving God a bad name because you did something naughty or bad or missed something. And now you're blaming Him for the mess that you're in. And you're telling other people, please come join my mess. Do you want to be a Christian? You too can have this mess. I wonder why they're not getting saved. Oh, yeah, that's that's just a big mystery. (laughs) who wants to get saved into that I didn't amen do you see what brings glory to God fruit and notice it's not just a little bit did you read that can I read it again by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit I mean, it should be coming out in every direction. Wherever they go around in your tree, they should find fruit. Amen? And it should be in abundance. See, we are meant to be living in an overflow. And if you're not, then go do what he said. If you abide in me, my word abides in you. Ask. Don't complain. You know, God, it's really hard to... Shh. Hush. Don't start that way. Just go, thank you, Lord, that you know I have this need. I just believe and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. I receive that. 
Let them shout for joy and be glad. Because he just doesn't give you nothing when you ask. No, okay? <laughs> no, that's not what... <laughs> okay? Who favors the prosperity. You know what? God wants to prosper you. That's why you shout and are glad because he's saying, I want to bless you. Amen? And you need to have those things in your heart, especially when, you know, your bank balance says something else. You need to rebuke the bank balance. I'm serious. You might say, brother, I don't think the bank balance knows. You don't know what's behind all of that. The thing that depresses you when you see it is not your balance. It's the thing that's talking to you behind the balance. Do you hear me? So you jump up there and you put your hand. Do, do what I did. I put my hand and I said, I put my hand. This is, I told you, this is a great thing today. You can access your bank account via, you know, your computer. And you can have that, that statement right there on your screen. And you can stick your hand on it without anybody seeing. Not being embarrassed. And say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I will not have debt. Debt is not a part of my life. Amen. Amen. And you just, you just command it to be whatever you want it to be. Don't get ridiculous with it. Okay, according to your faith. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, not your imagination, but your faith. Okay? <laughs> Some of us can imagine more than we can believe. You know what I'm trying to say? Which is very naughty, okay? I want a billion dollars. Yeah, you, you, forget it. You're going to stay in $20 debt for the... Okay? <laughs> just believe for the 20 bucks to solve it, you know? Okay? <laughs> just thank you, God, I'm no longer in debt. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Don't tell him how to do it. Just say whatever it takes. Amen. This is me filling the, the pot with water, God. Up to you to turn it into wine. End of story. Amen? All right. So... <laughs> And it says here again, by, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father, notice that's what makes you a disciple, by the way. Amen. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Here comes the love part. Abide in my love. Do you understand all he said, all of that before he hit love? Do you know why? Because love is a difficult thing to abide in. You need to have fruit in your life in order to love the walk, the love walk. Do you know why? Because you, you need to remember what you're compromising. Are you getting this? Don't ever think about the satisfaction that you're not getting by not beating somebody or hitting somebody or telling somebody off. Really, you know, one of those... Those things that you see in the movies, you know, they just say something and just cuts the person down. <laughs> and everybody goes, yeah, they deserved it. All of that stuff is good for the world, but not for you. Amen. Amen. Because all of that here, while you're cutting them down, you're cutting yourself off. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Do y'all get that? Don't use it that way. Use it on the devil. That's where it's meant to be used. Amen? So we need to understand that all of this fruit, as you look on your life and you say, God, you've blessed us so much, I will walk in love. I will come against all of these emotions and attitudes and thoughts and whatever else that's coming against you, that screams at you. 
that says, how dare they? Okay? You didn't deserve that. And I'll stop there. Because <laughs> then you start telling God about what should happen to them and the trucks that are going to run and all that stuff. You don't want any of that stuff. Just don't. Understand something. God is a just God. He will take care of whoever did you a disservice. Whoever did you wrong will be taken care of. Do you understand that? You don't have to get mad for it to be taken care of. In the world you do, but in God you don't. It kind of works the other way. Everything works in reverse, basically, in, in God's kingdom. You stay happy, they'll be taken care of. You get upset, then God has to talk to you first. Because you are tied into them. And if, if Listen to me. What we don't realize is, because we are tied to them, because of our anger, whatever happens to them is going to happen to you, by the way. It's a funny thing, isn't it? We don't realize that when we hook into people, Lot's wife said, they said, don't look at what's happening. Remember that? And she turned around and she looked. And you know what that look was? It was a longing look. It wasn't just a look. She didn't do, you know, because I used to think, God, what if he tripped and looked and oh. Um, bummer. <laughs> okay. you know, it's like, oh, come on. You know, I, was, I didn't want to look. I fell on accident. And, I, okay. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's what I thought. I didn't know. Nobody explained it to me. Okay. <laughs> and it so blessed me when I realized when I was doing a study on it that she looked longingly. Can I say what happens to us is we're waiting for them to get judged. We're looking longingly for them to fall. Listen, you do that, and that judgment is going to come on you. Do you hear me? That's why it is the most difficult thing to just turn around and just keep going. Don't look back. Just remember the fruit in your life and the fruit you are still to bear. Amen? That's going to bring glory to God. And just know that God is a just God, and He will take care of things. And whatever He does, however He handles it, will be just. doesn't matter what you think about it, it will be just. Amen? Amen. All right. So, let me repeat verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain or abide in you, and that your joy may be full. Oh, hallelujah. Don't we want to walk in that kind of fullness? Amen. Just full of joy. Because that's where your strength is. It says in the Old Testament, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. And we need to understand that when we're walking in joy, we are strong. It's, it's an interesting thing. When you, when you have the joy of the Lord inside of you, it's very difficult for you to get angry. It's very difficult for somebody to attack you because you're smiling. And that makes him even more angry. Amen. And we need to learn to fight that way. Not to fight to make things bad for them, but to fight that good fight of faith. To fight to stay in God's, you know, in God's blessing, in God's uh, grace, in God's favor. Amen. Because all of those things work while you're walking in love. 
Amen. Verse 12, let's finish with this. And he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. That's why he says, I'm telling you, I'm giving this to you as a commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? He was willing to die for each and every one of us. Amen. And he will actually go on to say that in about a verse or two. Why are we to walk in love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8 tells us that love never fails. It never becomes obsolete. It will never disappear. Do you know why? Because God is love. And while God exists, love exists. Hallelujah. And family, can I say that because God is love, and we saw that before in, in verses 16 and 17, and it's also in 1 John 4, 8. Because God is love, as we abide in love, we abide in Him. And abiding in Him allows us to never fail. Because God will always be on the scene. The problem that we have is when God's not there. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you're on your own, for whatever re reason, the branch got cut off. You've disconnected somewhere. You're not bearing fruit anymore. That's when the problems begin. Amen? And that's why the Apostle John says, abide in Him. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the wisdom and insight and revelation that we are receiving. We thank you, Father, for the revelation of bearing fruit, the revelation of being a part of you, the revelation of as we abide in you, it allows you to work through us to do impossible things and to produce fruit in our life that nobody can deny came from God. And the reason why, God, you get the glory. And we thank you, God, that we want to walk that kind of life. A life that is constantly producing. And producing according to our gifts. According to things that we have been designed and destined to do.